Welcome to this special edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast, an interview with Andy Canefield, co-author of Uncommon Sense. On behalf of the entire Strategy Driven team, I would like to welcome you to this special edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast, an interview with Andy Canefield, co-author of Uncommon Sense. The Strategy Driven Podcast focuses on the tools and techniques executives and managers can use to improve their organization's alignment and accountability to ultimately achieve superior results. These podcasts elaborate on the best practice and warning flag articles found on the Strategy Driven website at www.strategydriven.com. In this special edition podcast, Andy Canefield shares with us his insights and personal experiences on creating greater organizational alignment while at the same time maintaining the diversity of individual perspectives that together enables an organization to be more successful. So now, without any further delays, let's get started. We are privileged to be joined by Andy Canefield, co-author of Uncommon Sense. Andy is the founder and CEO of Dialect and a member of the Neuroleadership Institute. Dialect helps CEOs and presidents manage the relationships between their organization's divisions and departments in order to align their employees' efforts. Andy, welcome to the Strategy Driven Podcast. Thank you very much, Nathan. It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. I thoroughly enjoyed your book. I know our audience knows that I love business novels, and of course, Uncommon Sense is a business novel, so already they're, they're going to pick up that I particularly enjoyed your book. But what I liked even more about it was the fact that it was so well aligned with what we talk about on Strategy Driven. And of course, we're focused on helping organizations achieve better alignment so that they can more effectively achieve a common vision and goal set. But now we focus quite heavily on strategy-driven, on programs and processes and the like. Common Sense focuses on the promotion of organizational sync, but you maintain another personal aspect, and that is on maintaining the diversity of perspective of the organization's team members. Could you define for us SYNC and tell us a little bit about your focus? Sure. So, so I came from a marketing and branding background. We worked with leaders to, um, to create an identity, to create a brand that the entire company could stand behind. And many times I saw a gap mm-hmm. between what maybe a senior team wanted the company to stand for and what they really stood for. Okay. So I started Dialect. Um, to help companies really create an identity that was really in alignment with how they were built, how they acted, the direction they wanted to go, um, and and um, 
and and align with their with their key stakeholders. Mm-hmm. And the way that I approached it was um, after after having a son with special needs and learning about the brain and development, I noticed how our own perspectives around our our, our companies that we work in are so influenced by the way that we're wired as individuals. So I worked with a guy who taught neuropsychology to develop a model for, for, for looking at how people think about their company's identity and how a company builds a framework around an identity and how to align those two things. So that's what we do. And Andy, could you tell us a little bit of what you see the quantitative and qualitative benefits coming out of those organizations that you've helped realize a greater sense of organizational sync? Sure. So, so there, are those two, there are those two pieces that I mentioned. One is um, kind of the inside-outside piece, mm-hmm. and, and the other one is kind of the elements within, um, w- 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 within a company. And um, in the book, Jack discovers this. He, um, he's a CEO. He, um, he, he's, he's forced by his board to create a growth strategy or else he's going to lose his job. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, when he goes to his direct reports, they all have a different idea about how to grow the company. And Jack discovers he needs a model to help bring them together. What we find is that almost every company that we work with, there are one or two of these elements. And I'll, I'll tell you what the elements are. They're, they're the company's purpose or mission. They're okay. the company's differentiator or signature strength, as we call it. It's the company's vision. That's three of them. It's how they define their stakeholder. That's four. It's the culture that they, that they have possessed. And the and the sixth is the is it's the it's it's their main processes. So typically, when we start with a client, um, they already know they want to change the processes. Let's say, or they already know they want to go in a different direction, or they know they want to reposition the value that they offer their customers, or maybe they want to go after a new customer segment. So one or two of those elements are going to be in flux, and what we're doing then is helping them define the other elements that they're really in sync. So, in other words, they gain greater efficiency then. Absolutely. So you're going to get better adoption of a new direction. You're going to get better execution of new processes. You're going to have people understand how to how to deliver a new value proposition. Um, so we talk about effectiveness going up. Now, Andy, if our listeners were to look out in, in, into the business world, could you point to a company that they would be familiar with that has achieved a good deal of organizational sync? And maybe what are the, the key attributes that they would see that organization outwardly demonstrating? Well, you know, one of the things that this work really brought me to is that there isn't any one way to drive a company's success that uh, as I mentioned earlier, people are wired differently, so you might have a visionary CEO or you might have a more analytical, process-driven CEO. You might have a real culture driver kind of leader or you might have a real customer-oriented cust- uh, leader who's less concerned about the internal cult- culture and much more concerned about the stakeholder. So as, as um, I guess the easy to, to, you know, from a cultural perspective, you could look at Southwest. They've done an amazing job at, 
at screening and developing a company where that 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 has the kind of values. Mm-hmm. And as customers, we really like dealing with a company like like Southwest. Yeah, uh, but there are other companies that are you know you look at FedEx and you say there's a real there's a real process driven company that has just fine tuned the execution piece. Um, they're not looking for new ways. They, they might be looking for ways to improve it all the time, but not looking mm-hmm. for whole new solutions. The way a real, the way maybe um, an Intel might be looking to retool everything around a new product. So they're really trying to drive innovation versus drive efficiency. Um, so there's different examples for different types of signature strengths. Now, Andy, there's something that I've encountered in my work with various organizations, and. This is around the concept of groupthink. And one of the problems I see companies coming up against is as the leadership team in particular becomes more and more aligned to a common goal set and a common vision, that they begin to share a greater common understanding. They start thinking more and more alike. And again, this groupthink starts setting in. And it really starts to break down creativity and ultimately diminishes the success that they're able to to achieve. Now, of course, in Uncommon Sense, you talk about achieving organizational sync while maintaining diversity of thought at the same time. How do you go about preserving that diversity of thought? Right. So we talk about cognitive diversity Mm -hmm. and the idea... So, the, so what, what, what became very interesting to me as I was studying the brain was that we talk about visioning. We talk about people that are very good at, at thinking about what might be, maybe taking pieces from this and take, taking pieces from that and synthesizing. Mm-hmm. And that people that are really great at synthesis always have a new way of forming new ideas by pulling different things together and putting them together. Whereas other people break things apart to make sense out of it, right? It's, it's really almost yes. the opposite. Now, if you get a leadership team that starts hiring everybody to be the same kind of, that, that sees the world the way they do, you can really, you can really have a problem. Right. But what we do, what we try to do with dialect is we try to make sure that we're casting the net wide enough and we pose the, the, the business problems that we're, that we're facing um, to enough people who are thinking about it in different ways that we're bringing those different thoughts into the room. And then we're having people deal with the fact of, you know, how do we get alignment behind this based on that? So, but, but I can imagine that if, if, um, if, if, a, if a small group was allowed to, you, you, you could get the group think the way, you're, the way that you're speaking of. Sure. And, and I know before we started the show, we had an opportunity to chat, and I, I've mentioned that I had seen an organization take a somewhat programmatic approach to it where their leadership team, actually everyone in their organization, took the DISC or the the DISC uh, personality profile, I'll call it a test, I guess it could be called a screening as it were, and each person was identified based on their personality type so that when they were making a decision, they always did a check to make sure they had balance amongst personality types to try to, again, in, in a kind of programmatic way, make sure they had some diversity of thought. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're usually, we're usually dealing with very large companies, 
mm-hmm. where the challenge is how do we get alignment, not the challenge is how do we how do we make sure that we're getting enough um, diversity of opinions about what we should be doing. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so, so the question is, how, you know, how do you get six thousand or fifteen thousand or, or or more people kind of aligned behind something new when it isn't the way they do things, it, it might not be the way they behave, it might be different in terms of where they're going, um, you know, it, it might be a, a departure from the brand promise that they have have had for years. So, so the the complexity is is how do you how do you get everybody aligned behind this new directive? Yes. Yes, and of course, the organizations I typically work with have more like 700 to 1,000 people. So right, but you, I, I think you still have the same challenges, but yes, mm-hmm. um, it, it would be easier in a smaller company. Sure, um, sure. Now, Andy, in Common Sense, you present a business system that really is the physical operational component to achieving sync. Could you describe that system for us and talk a little bit about those several components, and how they should be aligned in order to achieve an optimal performance level. Right. Well, when companies look at growth, um, they're usually trying to achieve it by um, by either in improving the way they do things now. Mm-hmm. So I, I call that a process improvement. And we've talked to um, many companies that are retooling the way that they're Maybe geographically, operationally, the way that they're they're doing their their business from a process standpoint. Others are looking to to expand their their reach to, to either new new customers or a new um, value proposition for existing customers that to get them to see them in a different way, to get them to see them in a broader way. Um, other times, companies are are are, um, are are merging or they're they're shifting the values that they have, um, mm-hmm. um, and, and they need to, to create a way for everybody to get excited or, or really to get their behaviors aligned. And, and um, lastly, they, some companies are really trying to shift the direction. They're trying to create a new vision that, that will um, present some picture of where they want to go as an organization. All of this is happening um, in the context of a purpose, and and all of this, um, and, and hopefully they have some sort of signature strength as an organization that, that drives loyalty and, um, um, and, and hopefully differentiates them, so, them from, from their competitors. So we're looking at all these elements and how they go together, all six elements. And what we find is, uh, and we talked about it a little bit at the beginning of this podcast, is that leaders differ in what they focus on and the organization has to has to pull the other pieces together. So so Jack had a sense of what he wanted the customer experience to be in the book, mm-hmm. but he wasn't taking into consideration the fact that that, that the culture of the merged company he, he had he had bought was, was was very different than his own. That he hadn't um, really thought about how the value proposition had to change, and um, and they hadn't worked enough on on operations to bring it into 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 place. So those are the elements that have to be in sync. For any company to to do well, and of course, because businesses are dynamic, they're they're always changing. It's, it's mm-hmm. very it, it's a constant um, challenge to get them in sync. And of course, besides those physical components, we have 
the people of the organization that we have to get into sync also. And and I think a lot of times that's the more challenging because people have different perspectives, different styles, different ways of working and thinking. We've talked about briefly that there are several different types of, of folks or different types of perspectives within an organization. Could you describe those yes. categories of folks that you focus on when now, you build course, we, we, we use these labels in the book because we wanted to, again, give a structure to it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when we work with companies, we don't label people. And we, but, but I think the messages are important. So, so um, you know, who's, who's the visionary that everybody talks about? It's, it's Steve Jobs, right? Everybody. Right, right. But, so you have all these companies that say, you know, we want to be the next Apple, you know, or we want to be visionary like that, or we need to have that kind of, now, do they, you know, Apple's famous for not even asking customers what they want. They just create the next great thing and then draw people to it, right? Yes. So the issue that I have is that not all leaders are like Steve Jobs. Right. And so, it, you know, when we started doing strength work back in my agency, what I found was that, number one, people tended to undervalue their own strengths. And they also seemed to be most irritated when other people couldn't easily do what they did. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So... So you have the people like, you know, you've got people that are very process-oriented, and, of course, there's been a lot in the news lately about Apple and the fact that Tim Cook is is the process side of Steve Jobs' visionary side. And they talk about how if, if Cook is to take over Apple, then he's going to have to find people within the organization that can, that can be the, the, the creative side and the visionary side which is exactly what the book is about. So the, the book is about people, on the one hand, being visionary. And by the way, many times leaders who are very visionary, they're too far ahead of the organization, and they frustrate the organization. Yes. So they need to be slowed down, right? They don't mm-hmm. care how you get it done. They're on to the next thing by the time you get the first step done. So on the other hand, you've got people that are more analytical and process-driven, and they're, they're the ones that are breaking it down and getting things done. And then you have companies like Herb Kelleher at, at Southwest, mm-hmm. um, very culturally oriented, you know, and these leaders say it's all about the people, and they really, you know, and, and their pleasure is how do I mix and match and get people to work together, and that's a very different kind of person than someone who's more of a one-on-one person. Right, right. Right? So you've, yeah. got, this, you've got this blend between the, um, the visionary, um, we call them a futurist, then we've got the, the process person who's the analyst. You've got the group person who's the connector. And you've got the individual person who's the, the interpreter. And what you find in companies is that when you have a real uh, connector who's, who's in charge of the business, he's, they're, 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 I shouldn't say he, they, she, is always bringing a lot of people together. And what that senior team many times wants is more individual attention. Okay, mm-hmm. and and if you get somebody who's a real interpreter who's 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 running the company, they tend to work one on one with all the direct reports, and they don't tend to do a lot of the group meetings. And people are are looking for that connection. And what we're really saying is, there's no right way to do it. Right, right. So yep. you can you you can, and that no matter what you do, you're going to be, um, uh, you know, a, a company that's extremely focused on their customer is going to be a little bit probably less intense on the culture side, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to feel a little bit less of a sense of, of who, they, who they are internally. Um, 
and, and then a company like an Apple or Southwest is going to be much more um, self-centered than they are going to be customer-centered in terms of their identity. Okay. So it's, it's a matter of, you know, for every client that we work with, we're taking the leadership style, we're, we're taking what they want to achieve with that framework. Mm-hmm. We're, we're showing them how people are interpreting it through their different filters that we talk about in the book. And then as a group, we're, we're trying to create a, um, a new identity that can be translated to everybody. Yes. And I particularly like the fact that you pointed out that there's no single right answer. All companies can be successful. It's just a matter of how they're successful or what they focus on in getting them down that path. So uh, you don't have to have That's a visionary. Right. Yeah, you don't have to have the every company doesn't have to have a visionary leader to be successful. That's right, and 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 um, it, it seems as though um, you know you, you've got the the balanced scorecard that it's all about. You know, it's all about that. You've got. You've got many books out there about the culture and about it's all about the culture, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, some, it's, it's all about creating that vision, that perfect vision. We find the companies that are that have some real strong operational issues that, you know, that they need to accomplish, their vision really might almost be the motivation and not necessarily a whole new paradigm. Okay. So every company, you know, even a vision will change depending on what the company's needs mm-hmm. are. Okay. Well, Andy, with these different types of individuals in mind, how does the leader then work to bring them all together and create the organizational sync needed to get that great alignment while at the same time preserving their diverse perspectives? So that's why we created the framework. Um, the, the goal is to, um, is, is to have an aspiration as a, as a company because you know that for some people, the most important piece for them is where are we going. And, yeah. and sure enough, when we work with companies, when we, when we talk about the framework, many people will say, it's all about the vision and then everything co- comes from that. Mm-hmm. We can walk in the next door and someone says, it's all about the culture and everything comes from that. So what we do is we say, okay, let's say you're a company and you want to reinvest, you want to be known for the one to reinvent um, your category, you know, making this up. Sure. So, so now you're, you're going to talk about what, what are the strengths of your culture, right? And we look at that in several ways in terms of um, what the organizational is really great at delivering from a people perspective, but also who are the people who tend to, to exemplify what the company is about. And we, we kind of get a cross uh, – we get several perspectives on, on, on the culture, in, in, the, in the behavior that drives success. And then we'll look at what pieces of, of, of your history and, and will drive that, that, um, that innovation that you need. And then we'll look at, well, what are we doing operationally to build that future? And then we'll look at, well, how are we positioning the company within the marketplace to be known for that? And who cares about that in terms of stakeholders? And is that aligned with our purpose? And what you end up doing is, is honing all of these these elements, as we call them, because mm-hmm. they support each other. And when you finally get them right, then management agrees, yep, that's where I want to go. Um, the, the entire company agrees, yep, that's that's really who we are in terms of, of, of behavior. And, and guess what? They might decide that's who we need to become. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that is that is what we're going to invest in in terms of processes. That is who we're trying to um, the value. That that is who we're trying to deliver value to in terms of stakeholders. And when all those pieces work together, then you do have a framework that you can roll out and um, and use internally and externally to grow your company. Okay. Okay. It's it's complex, but 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 if if you can if you can put a definition to each of those six things on one sheet of paper and they mm-hmm. can they can build on each other and they're mutually supportive then um, then you've got the the opportunity to get in sync right it's building the framework right yes okay right well andy before we close I did want to mention to our listeners that you have a website. It's www.dialect.com that provides additional articles and insights on synchronizing one's organization. Could you tell us a little bit about your website and the resources our listeners can find there? Sure. Well, the organi- the, 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 the website talks about um, dialect. It mm-hmm. talks about sync and how you can, you can um, both look at whether you're in sync or the, or the signs if you're, if you're not in sync. In the resources section, we've got articles and uh, some webcasts like this uh, that you can look at. Um, there's there's a blog and there's a there's a way to buy the book on the website as well. It also Great. describes our services uh, if you uh, need help in uh, in your journey to get in sync as well. Great, and and we'll put a link from the article accompanying this podcast directly to your website. So with one simple click our listeners can get there and take advantage of those resources. Sounds great, Nathan. Great. Andy, I want to thank you not only for your time, but for sharing your insights and personal experiences on increasing organizational alignment while at the same time maintaining the diversity of perspective of all the individuals that comprise the organization. I thoroughly enjoyed your book, in particular because of the business novel format that we talked about before, but also because Again, it so well aligns with what we're about at Strategy Driven in helping organizations become truly aligned to achieving their organizational goals and vision. So I hope our listeners will pick up a copy of Uncommon Sense. And then, more importantly, I hope they'll incorporate the principles that you've shared to help increase their organizational sync so that, ultimately, they improve their bottom line results. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Nathan. It was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this special edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast. I would like to personally thank Andy Canefield for being with us today and sharing his insights on achieving greater organizational alignment while maintaining diversity of individual perspective. As always... We would appreciate receiving your feedback by email at podcast at strategydriven.com. If you enjoyed the show, please consider voting for us on Podcast Alley and visiting our website at www.strategydriven.com. You can find more information about Andy Canefield and Uncommon Sense at www.dialect.com. Until next time, so long.